And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. I'm Mike Harrison, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. I want to thank you for joining me today. The two most important aspects of real estate investing, in my humble opinion, are education and networking. And I say that because when I first started investing in real estate, I did it on my own. I had no one to call, no one to lean on, no one to pick up the phone and say, hey, what about this? I literally just winged it. I tried to do what I thought was most effective and the smart move, and sometimes it was the smart move and sometimes it wasn't. It worked out, thankfully. And then the second side of that, the the education piece. I didn't have any formal education or any strategy, didn't even know there was really anything out there. But once I had those two components, the education, which is the understanding of a process, the knowledge to essentially function properly, to make effective decisions, the components, the metrics, and then the networking piece, where we have that group of like-minded people that we can pick up the phone and say, hey, this is what I'm running into. I know you've done this before. What should I do in this circumstance? Or who should I call to help me with this? And that's where that networking piece, really the two of those combined make real estate investing a, a lot of fun, but it helps us make a lot of money and be really effective and good at what we do. And the individual I have on the show today I met him back in 2018 when I pivoted from single family to multifamily apartment investing. And this person is absolutely on my network list. In fact, I reached out to him just a few weeks ago and Ed, I want to say thank you um, for your advice. It was spot on and um, things are going well, but I'm sure I'll have more questions for you. But Ed, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Mike, it's great to be here with you again. Wonderful. Thanks for taking the time. Ed, if you would, uh, take a moment, give us a little bit of background about yourself, and then share your current real estate portfolio with us. Sure, thanks. Um, I am a, uh, well, spent my career mostly in the technology field uh, professionally and spent the last 20 years specifically at Microsoft and Apple uh, in the, the, the technical side. And um, was, uh, even though I worked for two very big, you know, household name brand companies, um, really wondered how I was going to take care of my retirement. And my, I, I've said this before to you and some other folks, uh, my wife wondered, you know, if we were going to be eating dog food in our retirement. And, um, you know, we had had some, some things earlier in our, our marriage that uh, hurt us financially. And so we were a little behind and uh, that was something that really affected us. So we, um, we were trying to figure things out financially and and uh, just things that you know working for these large companies they don't really pay you as well as you think they they do and uh, we yeah. were just trying to figure it out you know Ed that's that's interesting because I think uh, someone looking in from the outside just the appeal of oh he worked for Microsoft and Apple I mean that's those two companies are just household 
names, and I think someone who didn't know any better would just think that's glamorous and that you're printing money over there and because the companies do make a lot of money, but it sounds like they're not necessarily sharing it uh, with you guys that are in the trenches that are making them who they are. Yeah, the day I started at Microsoft, one of the guys came up to me at work and said, he came up to me and said, Ed, you have hit the lottery. You just wait. Your stocks are going to just be worth a fortune. And then you fast forward to the day I got laid off about eight years later. They were worth literally the same dollar amount they were the day I started, you know, eight years earlier. So uh, there was no net gain at all there at all. Total um, speculation. Yeah, that was uh, stock. Stocks are a a lie in many times. That's a great uh, thought. I wonder how many people go to work for those companies just for the whole consideration of, oh, it doesn't really matter what they pay me because I'm going to make millions on the stock options. And uh, well, you're right. The stock market uh, doesn't always pan out. Let's, for perspective, when did you join Lifestyles Unlimited? So I joined about uh, five and a half years ago. Um, So I think that was 2017, I believe. Okay. Right, right. Right uh, before I met you, like maybe a few months. So maybe it was in 2018. Uh, math is hard. So. No, no. I remember I met you, and you had just either come under uh, – yeah, you had just come under contract on your second property, and we'll talk about that one in a yeah. sec. Uh, 2017, yes. Yes. So Spanish Oaks, um, and you already had your first property – and how long was it? Okay, so you joined, and, and obviously you weren't a procrastinator like me. It sounds like you got in and, and started going to work. Did you already own that first property that you had prior to Lifestyles? Yeah, so when I joined Lifestyles Unlimited, I owned a duplex. And um, just as kind of luck would have it, I got an unsolicited offer for it to, to, for, to basically to sell it. And I went ahead and did that. And it was just really – and so I sold it, and so I had a little extra cash. I was also a little indecisive, quite frankly, even though it didn't last long, on what to do. And one of the mentors who also worked at uh, – formerly, and he just quit um, – worked at Apple. We had hit it off because, obviously, I was working at Apple at the time. Um, he helped kind of right-size me and some of the other mentors along the way. Um, and he really, he told me, he's, one of the things he said that made the most sense to me, in addition to some actual practical real estate advice, he said, Ed, you really need to just be, put yourself in the way of opportunities. Go to the meetings, talk to people, network, get to know people. If you have any questions about real estate investing, about Lifestyles Unlimited, about today's content on the show, really anything at all, I'm here to help you. My email address is askmike at luinc.com. How easy is that? Askmike at luinc.com. I do respond personally to each and every email I get. There are no dumb questions. Please reach out. I'm happy to help, and obviously I'm passionate about real estate investing. If you miss any part of this show, the easiest way on your smartphone, and I'm assuming that everybody has a smartphone out there, and I know there's some of you that still have that old flip phone, but anyway, those of you with the smartphone, the podcast app, just hit that and then subscribe to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. It will automatically upload. You can stay current, stay tuned. You can listen to us in your free time. That's what I do. We do have a YouTube channel, ton of content there. That's YouTube Lifestyles Unlimited, or you can type in Dell Walmsley. You can even type in Mike Harrison. 
There's a lot of Mike Harrison's on YouTube, but you'll have to look for the real estate portion, obviously some of the stuff that I've done. And then as always, our website, lifestylesunlimited.com. I'm here with my friend, Ed Faulkner. Ed owns, owns HZF Properties. He's a lead investor within Lifestyles Unlimited. And for those of you that are not members of Lifestyle Unlimited, that's what we call a syndicator. That's where somebody creates a business and offers part of that business for others to invest in as passive investors. For instance, Ed would go out, identify apartment community and say, hey, here's my business plan. It's going to take X amount to purchase this apartment community. Who's with me? So he's a lead investor. He now owns currently four different apartment communities. And what's interesting, Ed's in two different metros. He's here in the Dallas-Fort Worth metro, and he's also in East Texas. We're going to talk a little bit about that later in the show. Ed has also done something else that's pretty unique within Lifestyles Unlimited. He was an IRO, and that's I-R-O, independent rental owner or independent rental operator. Ed owned his own apartment community. And from there, he went to the lead side. And Ed has done this in a very short amount of time. He joined in 2017. So, Ed, where I want to go today is you went from a 10-unit property to a multi-hundred-unit property, uh, again, in two different metros. But I want to get into what's involved in now you're creating an entire different business. And you were working when you have when you're the IRO, Ed answered to Ed. But now that you're a lead, you've got 20, 30, 50, 100 partners in the deal. So I want to hear your thoughts on that, thoughts on the business creation and what you had to do to pivot from IRO to lead. And there's a lot there, so we'll just we'll just unpeel it however you want. Sure. So before the break, I was just telling you one thing. I just wanted to finish that point, and I'll be real brief. Yes. Um, I, I've been given the advice to just really get in there and you know get yourself in the way of opportunities. And so if you're really not sure of how to get started, that's the best advice. And so I was at this uh, this uh, meeting at Lifestyles Unlimited, and when the meeting was over, I just stood up, you know, to leave, just like everybody else does, and I bumped into a guy and just said, oh, excuse me, sorry, and I actually recognized him. He, and at first it took me a second to remember who he was, and I, then I went back deep into my past. It was my boss from when uh. I in, interned at IBM in college. It, let's just say it was a long time ago, but wow. uh, it was a totally tubular decade is all I'll say. <laughs> it was yeah. a long time ago. And we ended up um, remembering each other. We exchanged cards. We got together for coffee. We hit it off, and we bought that, that – a few months later, we bought that IRO together. So I didn't buy it by myself, but uh, Jeff and I bought it together, and um, it was fantastic. And so uh, the reason we did that, Mike, was because we did not want to um, – put other people's money on the line, maybe a little bit, little of it was skepticism, you know, hey, this thing's new to us, this whole yeah. real estate thing, uh, you know, can we trust the system? Um, you know, now looking back, you know, we were kind of stupid because, yes, we could, but we didn't know that, so we're, yeah. we didn't want to put other people's money on the line. So we went in there and we learned all this stuff. We did everything ourselves, and uh, it was just about an hour outside of Dallas and um, learned a whole lot. It was great. And we ended up selling it, uh, I think it was 17 months or 15 months later. Um, in fact, we didn't even try to sell it. Um, some of the lifestyles eliminated other people in the organization. I'm sorry, not organization, but in the other members um, ended up um, requesting to buy it through the lifestyles eliminated realtors. <laughs> that ended, ended up being how we sold it. And we doubled our money in those few months, a little bit, little bit under a year and a half. 
Yeah. And we took that money, and uh, that's when I made the decision to go syndicate, you know, and, and then, you know, get other people involved. And that's when things really took off for me. And that's a big step. I don't think a lot of people realize just what that is, because before it's it's you and Jeff, and you've got, obviously, you've got a checkbook, you've got a small property, you've got a plan for the property. But if there's a question or a decision, you're talking to Jeff. Hey, what do you think about this? Let's do this. And it's not like you're having to send out monthly reports. There's just so much. It's an entire different shift. They're similar, but there's an entire different shift, and there's a lot to becoming that lead syndicator. So you made the decision, but then what'd you do? What what were some of the items that you had to go through to essentially create that? It's a business investment, uh, or it's an investment business now is what it is. Exactly. So it, it for me, it was, you know, let's take one step at a time. You know, I think some people make the mistake of trying to take two, three, four, five steps at a time. I took one step at a time. So, you know, obviously my first step was at IRO. The second one was building on that. All the operational things that I learned in the IRO applies to every business I've had since, you know, every property I've had since. But the second step was now adding in that layer of the syndication, of, of getting those investors. And I had, you know, none. I had no investors on my list. So I had to go out and get my list. And so on my first um, investment, I only had like, I don't know, just under 70 investors. And my mentor was not real happy about that. He, he said I needed to have at least 100, and he was completely right. And I yeah. was hard-headed. And so I had to really hustle and work those um, just under 70 people to really get the investors I needed, uh, the, the money, the dollars I needed. Thankfully, the first property I bought was not terribly expensive. It was, you know, the whole raise was, you know, well under a million dollars. But yeah. uh, it was a learning process, and, you know, I made it work. And um, so, you know, again, just one step at a time. But it also was what's called a yield play, meaning I didn't have to go in and do a lot of renovation, or actually in this case, no renovation. It was very simple. Nice. And so once I bought it, it was just operating it, maintaining it, and keeping it running. And so, again, just that one extra step for that property. Was the accounting side of it difficult? And and I don't know what accounting you used on the IRO, but obviously when you come into a, a larger property with partners in there, it's, it's, a, it's a specific accrual type of accounting. Was that hard? Yeah, so that's a great point. You know, you kind of take me back on that. So um, back to the that, those years, um, that was actually a real challenge going from – the world of not really needing to account for that kind of information. Yeah, we, uh, Jeff and I jumped around trying to use different products on the market, and we pretty much sold the property before we really ever found, you know, the great system that we wanted to use. Um, and we had an accountant work it out. But on um, this first property, Spanish hey, Cove. Ed, um, I'm going to stop you there. We're would, up against a, we're up oh, against yeah, a break. Did. But we'll come back and dig into the juicy details of multifamily apartment accounting. My name's Mike Harrison. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. There is a dream killer here somewhere today. You're going to run into somebody that's going to tell you this stuff doesn't work. Like Vinette said, it's a scam. This is probably a multi-level marketing program. Somebody is gonna tell you it doesn't work. 
because you're the wrong race, the wrong age, the wrong sex, the wrong sexual preference, the something or other. And this is all set up so rich people can be successful and all you poor people can't. And if you believe that, they've won. But if you don't, you win. Don't believe the dream killers? Start winning today with a Lifestyles Unlimited free workshop. Get the knowledge you need to replace your income in two to five years and then find out how to take action. Register for the free online workshop at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show, where, as always, we're working on your financial freedom. I'm Mike Harrison. I appreciate you tuning in today. If you have any email questions for me, my email address is askmike at luinc.com, luinc.com. I want to take a moment. We've invited our listeners to our case studies in the past, but now we've formalize that primarily because our 32nd anniversary yes we've been in we've been an entity a group a mentoring and educational group dell's been teaching people to retire for 32 years and the special anniversary case study is next month september 8th in houston texas at 6 p.m if you can be there in person i recommend you make plans to be there in person and again you don't have to be a lifestyles unlimited member i'm about to throw out how you can attend case study. And if you can't do it in person, we are doing it virtually. Everyone can attend. Anyone can attend that wants to attend. Come see what we do. Case studies are exciting. I'm telling you, it's real people, real results. You get to see the property they purchased, who helped them purchase it, the cash flow of the property, how much out of pocket, uh, the equity capture. You get to see everything. There's typically three different case studies at one of these events in the evening so if you would like to attend we have a site set up it is lucasestudy.com lu for lifestyles unlimited casestudy.com if you go there you can reserve your seat or you can get the code to attend virtually i invite you to come see how real it really is and case studies are amazing um it's my favorite event that we do at Lifestyles Unlimited. This just happens to be the Houston one, but we'll do a case study at every place where we have an office. So we have a Central Texas, we have a Houston, we have a North Texas, we have Phoenix, on and on and on. So I'm here with my friend Ed Faulkner. He owns, owns HZF Properties. Ed's unique in that he started out as an independent rental owner, and then he transitioned to become a lead investor, a syndicator. He joined Lifestyles Unlimited in 2017, just a very short time ago and Ed's the guy Ed will go out and put together these essentially it's a business deal puts it together start to finish and he has investors come on board so Ed you were there and we were talking about what you needed to do to pivot from independent rental owner into that professional syndicator and there's just so much to it accounting only being one small piece and by accounting you've got the trailing T12, which I call a P&L statement. You've got rent roll. You've got accounts receivable. You've got accounts payable. Uh, you've got to put that accounting into some sort of format where you can send each month uh, essentially uh, a little information packet to the passives and tell them what's going on. So tell me how you transitioned from 
your own accounting on the IRO to maybe something more professional? Yeah, so we, we did a little bit of research trying to find the best you know solution for property management. And, of course, LU is a fantastic resource for, for finding that. And uh, we you know landed on the one that we're using now. I don't know if we're supposed to mention brand names, so I won't. But, uh, but you know, we, we use one that is, you know, firmly used by many, many people in the lifestyles organization. And uh, I use it now for all four of my properties. And um, I um, originally was um, managing my own properties. And now that we're um, of a certain size, it's become um, actually a, a better uh, solution for us to use third-party management. And so I've made sure that the property management company that, that I selected also uses the same platform. And so they're using that same platform as well. So we're having consistency with our reporting, with um, you know, all the, the uh, intake of, of data and all the, you know, everything that happens in the business is all very consistent with what we're doing when we were managing the properties as well. So it's a, a great experience, and um, I'm able to understand you know, what they're doing, because I was doing it for myself before, albeit on a smaller scale, because now yeah. we're, you know, we're dealing with much larger properties, um, and everything's very consistent. So for you listeners out there, what Ed's telling us is when his properties were smaller, he was essentially, he was the manager. And now that his properties are larger, he has third-party management to run these properties. Ed, there's several software solutions out there for accounting, some much more popular than others. I take it when you interview a third-party company to do the management, you say, hey, are you skilled in this particular software, or are they pretty much skilled in several of them? Uh, A lot of the larger companies that do business do have experience with several of the the larger um, tools. And in fact, not only that, but when they hire specific regional managers or managers, those folks who have come from other property management companies will have different experience with certain tools. In fact, we just hired, um, well, we meaning our um, you know, property management company we use, hired yeah. a manager from a company that had used a different tool, and it only took that person, that, that manager, a few weeks to just completely be comfortable with this the property management software that, that we're using because the, a lot of the concepts are very transferable. And uh, that, that's really good these days. A lot of the, the software um, is becoming very uh, similar because of competition in the marketplace. And a little bit of it is because some of, some of these people uh, are leaving their, their software development company and starting new ones and sort of becoming a little bit incestuous as well, which a lot of industries go through that as well. Gotcha. So it sounds user-friendly. So let me ask you this. Is the accounting software also essentially a management software because just the day-to-day data entry, this happened with this unit, this person paid this, this person's behind here. Is, is that what it's transitioned to? Yeah, th- this is an industry where it is really not okay to use, and I will use this name brand, it is not okay to use QuickBooks in this industry. Uh, if you're, It's one of those things, QuickBooks is a fantastic tool. If you're using it in property management, you're doing it wrong. And so, uh, you know, because you, it's so, you need to have your accounting so integrated in with the actual management of your property. It, there's just no way to properly do it. And really, you can get QuickBooks to admit it themselves. So um, we use, that's the only name brand I'm going to drop, but unless you bring it up. But, um, you know, the, uh, the tools we use are um, 
property management tools that also completely incorporate all of the accounting all in one tool. Because if you had to do it twice, then you would, it would cost you so much more money to uh, go through the accounting you know, process. You'd, have, you'd be doing everything twice. Gotcha. So basically the month goes through, then you close the books. I take it, what, within seven days, <laughs> 10 days after the month? Roughly, yes, within about 10 days. And then that way you can send out uh, your monthly information to all your passive investors and give them updates on what's going on and then attach any sort of rent roll, P&L statement. Uh, what else? Do you, isn't there typically three things you attach to that? Um, there's several things that we do. Um, like Lifestyles has certain things they like us to include to all the passive investors, but we include the P&Ls. We include the um, budget and then how the actual is to the budget. Uh, we include the reconciled checking accounts, uh, or all the accounts. Um, that's a new thing for this year. Uh, we've always reconciled our accounts, which not everybody has been doing, but we are now including that in our monthly um, uh, monthly uh, bevy of, of reports. Um, we are including the rent rolls. We're including the uh, activity reports. So any things that have happened with our residents, um, we're including that so our uh, investors can read and see what activities our uh, property staff is doing as they're engaging with the uh, residents. I like staff. it. And that's how you build value for you listeners out there. You come into a property and you want these people to stay. You want to create a clean, safe, functional, fun place to live where superior management, superior maintenance, the people are happy to be there. They're proud to call that place home. And that's a, a lot of that is just engagement with your residents, community activities, um, keeping the pool clean, creating a dog park, adding those additional value pieces to that property because again we want the people to stay we want them to enjoy where they live and that way we create a great community if you haven't heard already the dates of our wealth and passive income expo and masters tour have been set it's going to be right here in the dallas fort worth area typically it's in houston this year it's in dallas fort worth it's at the toyota music factory in irving great venue in the convention center there as well a lot of fun a lot of wonderful restaurants but if you haven't made plans i suggest you do so it's february 15th through 18th february 15th through 18th irving texas i can't tell you what the weather will be like this is texas it might be super cold but then again it might be 70 75 degrees uh, we just never know but um, anyway come on down we're gonna have a great time if you'd like more information that's wealth and passive income expo Dot com wealth and passive income expo.com I have my friend Ed Faulkner here Ed's a lead investor Ed has purchased five different apartment communities the first one was an IRO an independent rental property essentially that he and a friend of his purchased that property it was a small property and they kind of cut their teeth on it and then from there Ed dove into the big world of syndicating businesses multi-family properties where you're gonna raise millions of dollars to purchase these properties some of them get really large and before we get to that though Ed we're talking about how you're ramping up where you got the smaller property you're doing everything you're doing the accounting you're doing the management you're calling in any sort of trade and overseeing that trade that needs to do the work on the property so you're handling the day-to-day -day operations but then as you get bigger you're able to essentially become an asset manager, not a property manager. And those are, again, when we talk about management, people just think about management of the property. 
No, now we need to manage the assets. So it's another layer. How do you manage the managers? How do you make sure everything's running like it should run? Yeah, yeah, that's a great, great question. And, you know, as I've developed over the last five and a half years, that's been an area that uh, I've seen the, the most growth in. Um, a lot of people don't understand that part because it isn't the part of the business that is necessarily seen. It's something that you have to really, um, really go after. And so um, on some of my early properties, I think I was slower to develop that skill set and uh, really had to, to, you know, I was kind of late to the game on that. Um, yeah. But now uh, it's what I spend really all my time on. Um, as as you personally know, but as the listeners may not know, I retired from corporate America uh, earlier this year, and now I focus on real estate full time. And so, um, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, are you just like playing golf and goofing off?" It's like, no, I literally uh, probably work more hours now in total just in real estate than I did in the forty hours plus real estate before. You know, I'm literally a hundred percent. Well, 120% focused on real estate, and most of that is asset management. So, that the activities included in that are things like, you know, of course, meeting with the property management uh, regional manager, and of course, the the other you know executives in the property management company, and making sure that the the company is going in the direction I want them to go for my properties. Generally, I don't deal with the managers of the properties. But, you know, I just kind of can't help myself sometimes. And um, so when I I tend to be more of a hands-on owner, and so I tend to go on site a lot. And it's really hard not to, you know, see things that are going on when you're on site. And so um, this property management company knows that I'm going to be there, and they come to understand that I will let the the manager know things that I see. But I'm also really good to let the, the regional manager, you know, their boss, know those things in parallel and, uh, you know, to, to know that I expect these things to be done. And that helps the overall company know how I like to see my properties run. Um, for example, um, I took my son, my daughter was actually out of the country, my wife, and two other um, aspiring leads, if you will. That's something you can explain later. Um, but two people that are learning the business from lifestyle, and we went to two of my properties and we picked up trash because we didn't feel like the property management staff was doing it the way we wanted it. And we wanted to demonstrate to them. And of course yeah. their staff was there too, how we needed it done. So we were really showing by example, how we expected things to be done. And then I work with the bookkeeper at the property management company to, you know, get the reports tweaked just the way I want them. And I know how, you know, the, what my, my investors are going to want to see. And then when I get feedback from my own investors um, for the, the reports that are just about to be um, produced that we're going to be coming out with this week, I've got a whole new format that's going to be coming out for my Tyler properties that's going to be uh, a whole new uh, look and feel, and it's going to have some charts and graphs that I've never produced before. So it's going to be something kind of new and exciting because those are really large properties, and it's going to have a different dynamic, um, things that the smaller properties really don't need but the, the, the larger properties uh, will benefit from. So uh, asset management is um, a different skill set, and I'm really excited to be able to spend more time on that and to learn that, that skill.
It is a fine line. I've, I've run a business that we averaged about 28 employees year-round. It fluctuated up to, down to, somewhere in that regard. Um, sometimes we get a little busier, but you, you don't want to micromanage. You kind of want to say, here's what I expect, and then allow that opportunity for that individual to perform that duty however they see fit, because when you micromanage, then you start losing, you, you lose the voice, right? Uh, they tone you out or they become less engaged. And so uh, that and then keeping the employees engaged, how no, no one's going to care about your property as much as you do. And so how do we keep folks that they're working a job? I get it. But how do we keep them doing what we feel is best or best practices, that sort of thing? So I don't envy you there, especially I can imagine some of the discussions with maintenance. And I was talking to Matthew Haynes over the weekend, and he's not afraid to get his hands dirty when the time comes either, kind of like yourself. He had a sewer line go out at one of his properties, and he's like, I can, I got my two maintenance guys digging out the sewer line. I put on some waders and some old clothes and grabbed a shovel, and we got in there, and we did it together. And so he's really leading from the front um, in that regard. So um, thanks for sharing that. So, Ed, when it came time for you to syndicate your third deal, your your third syndication property number four, you went big and you went east. You left Dallas Fort Worth. You went to the beautiful pine trees of East Texas. Um, bought a how many units is that property? It's over two hundred units, isn't it? No, it's exactly two hundred. Exactly two hundred. Okay, it's exactly two hundred. So now yeah. tell me, once we have a property. This big, is it easier than the smaller properties, or is it just different? No, I think it's, um, well, there's a little bit of both in that answer. That's a good one. You asked a really interesting question. It is different, but I do think it's easier. And as a policy, or as a, really as more as a business plan going forward, I'm only going to be buying properties that are roughly 200 and larger going, yeah. going forward. So you can see that I've actually found where my you know sweet spot is because you have staff to take care of the, the things that need to be done on the smaller properties you're sharing staff too much or they're too small and you're actually having to share staff between properties and i i found that has just been uh, honestly a nightmare uh, that's just been too hard um, getting either part-time people especially in this market is close to impossible or sharing one person between two properties um, can be um, either impossible or uh, extremely difficult. So now I'm going with, you know, the 200, I have four full-time staff. And then with the other property I have in Tyler that I bought earlier this year, you know, it's 484 units. That's, you know, close to 10 staff, maybe over, depends on on how we do. And so we have enough staff to, to get all the work done we need to get done. Yeah, that last one's a massive property. So over yes, twice is. as big as uh, two and a half times as big as the 200 unit. So um, impressive. So now that you've developed a system, you're just repeating that system. And so the larger properties allow you to put those people. Essentially, what Ed's saying for the listener out there is you've got a large property and it's got enough cash flow. It's got enough operating income that you can hire these additional resources. And that's what they are to help you manage that property. Ed, are you where you thought you'd be today, looking oh. back to 2017 when you joined Lifestyles Unlimited? You know, um, that's a great question. So we did actually cross the line on literally to the day of uh, Lifestyles says, if you follow the plan, 
uh, in five years you can retire. I actually was writing checks to my DoveTree uh, investors on the fifth year anniversary of me joining. And, of course, I'm an investor to my own deals as well. And the, the check I wrote to myself, because it was a quarterly check, um, that was the first quarterly check I was writing. Uh, that check allowed me to, if I had gotten you know, financial trouble after that, I would be able to be retired. So, yes, I met my goals on that date, and then now I've exceeded them. And Carol and I, my wife Carol and I, our goals are to always maintain four to five um, properties that are going to be 200 or larger going forward. So we've exceeded our goals completely, and we're so happy, and we could not have done it without lifestyles. Wonderful. Do you see yourself staying in East Texas in that market? We will continue to pursue that market and elsewhere, but um, for the foreseeable future, we will focus on that market. Yeah, I love that Tyler Longview area. And even from 2008 to 2010, there's just so much going on out there. They've got the oil and gas side of it. They've got all the hospital side of it. They've got all the university side of it. They've got the lumber business it's just economically, it's kind of a quiet little market that a lot of people aren't aware of. So, Ed, uh, I'm happy to, to know you're out in East Texas, and I want to thank you for coming on the show today. For the rest of you out there, I want you to remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Make it a great day. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.